What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we are talking about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child. And I am joined, as always, with my co-host, Kyle. Kyle, come on down. Now, woo! Wow. Now, longtime listeners of the show will know that uh, we have a third co-host, Scott, who, uh, record-breaking thing, this is the first episode in over 350 episodes that Scott is not in. Everybody boo Scott. Boo! Boo! No, that's he got a new he got a new job working for Spirit of Halloween, which is actually super dope. Everybody <laughs> cheer Scott! Yeah. Uh, but to fill one man's shoes, we brought in two men that you might be uh, familiar with because they were just up on the stage like 15 minutes ago. So let's bring out Jordan and JB of Camp Nightmare. Woo. Yeah, yeah, the Camp Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five, Dream Child. So. You're welcome. <laughs> Good to be here. You so know. before we dive into talking about this movie, how about you real quickly just run down what is Camp Nightmare? For people oh, it's might not what, know. what is Camp Nightmare? What it's very uh, it's esoteric. Camp where, where is Camp Nightmare? <laughs> it's in. Uh, it's inside of all of us. It's in all know? of us. It's, it was in us the whole time. Yeah, that's what we all learned. The whole time. Is Camp uh, Nightmare the fringe you made along the way? It is. It is. Yeah. It was. You know, Camp Nightmare is finding out that you're the hero. Yeah. Uh, no, we are. We are a uh, genre-based podcast based in. Frederick, Maryland, which for Night of the Living Dead fans, that's the, our town is mentioned in that film Ooh. briefly. <laughs> briefly. Uh, and that's about the most fame we've ever had. <laughs> um, 
So working real hard to put but it yeah. on the map over there. Yeah, well, that, yeah. That we do weekly the, shows. That and the military base in Outbreak is based on the military base yeah. in Frederick. Actually, Fort that Dalton. one's maybe more that famous. That actually is true. That's pretty yeah, cool. But yeah, besides uh, the military base and the other thing, the Frederick sandwich, it's us. very famous for us, okay. clearly. But we do uh, weekly shows. We do horror movie breakdowns, kind of similar to you guys. Uh, we also do celebrity guests. Uh, we produce some of our own stories into like audiobook sort of format. So you get, figured get out dramatic. how to get celebrities to want to talk to you because we've been still trying to crack that code yeah, for eight no, years. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, to, all right, yeah. funny story. You know how we learned how to do that? How? Very first time we ever came to Creature Feature in 2019, yeah. we literally had an a, a Zoom H4, right? Yeah, I think it was and a four. backpack with mics coming out of it like Doc Ock. <laughs> and we just ran around the convention like guerrilla style like accosting celebrities. Um, <laughs> so Tom Woodruff Jr., the famous oh, makeup, so Oscar-winning makeup artist, mine. had <laughs> a table in the vendor room. Yeah. yeah. Or in the Tom Woodruff room, fans. And we did not know any better at that time. So we literally walked up to Tom Woodruff Jr. and we're like, hey, can we interview you for our podcast? His handler went fucking nuts. His handler was like, <laughs> you need to back up. You need 30 days out to even consider interviewing Tom Woodruff. And Tom Woodruff was like, you know what? No. Come on up. Tom, Tom Woodruff looked at his own line, which was like us, and then he looked over at Corey Feldman's <laughs> that had one around the block, and he was like, come on, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's how we learned how to get celebrities. We just make them. Nice. We yeah. just make them. Well, I'm not above holding somebody's pet hostage. Yeah, and then also <laughs> having IMDb Pro helps, too. Yeah, uh, no, I, I just signed up for that. I've heard that tip. Now well, you can accost their managers and agents well, personally, and, also, one of the benefits, and they hate that. One of the benefits of the Zeroner community is that our heroes aren't necessarily like Tom Cruise or Oprah-level stars. Yeah, they're right? approachable. Our right. heroes are still doing cons, so like, <laughs> they're not adverse to talking to us. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Plus, well, sometimes we can not be terrible to talk to. Yeah. You, yeah. At least you make an. I've been doing this yeah. for four seasons. Shit, and maybe that's our problem. Yeah. Yeah. That is our problem. We are hard to talk <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so you guys, this movie that we're talking about, it's the final film in our uh, September listener submitted month. Yes, we are recording this Somebody in August. Somebody submitted this. Someone submitted this. So wow. here's the email. Oh, I got the email. And they said, you've reviewed the worst Friday the 13th movie, which is part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. False. You've reviewed the worst Halloween movie, which is part six, The Curse of Michael Myers. Also false. false. But you have not reviewed the worst Nightmare on Elm Street movie, part five, The Dream Child. What I gives? Do. I think you should write this wrong for listener submit it month. Thanks, guys. Tom. I think everything that listener said is questionable. And <laughs> yeah. I'm actually a little disappointed that you felt you needed to... Cater to them. <laughs> Listen, but Tom really put us on the spot, though, and so we did not. How are you going to yeah. say sorry, sorry. that Curse of Michael Myers is the worst Halloween film when Resurrection exists? So, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank so you. So here's yes. my yes, right. thank you. My only <laughs> argument is that Resurrection is so outrageous, right? <laughs> that, like I can right. kind of have fun with it. Where like we did Halloween Six very recently, and that movie is punishing. <laughs> I mean, but not even the Resurrection level punishing. No. Like yeah. it doesn't have Josh Hartnett and his stupid fucking haircut. No, you're I thinking H two O. You're talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love H two O. You're no, no, I love H two O. amazing. Yeah. Resurrection does my girl Jamie Lee dirty in the first five minutes, yeah. though. The yeah, only, the only shining that. point in Resurrection is Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes boxes Michael yeah. Myers to death yeah, in a ring of flame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just worth it. I the guarantee bucket. you when they sure. sold Buster that character, he was like, no, nah, I get to fight him, though. Yeah, I got to fight <laughs> him. He like, wouldn't sign until he was like, I get he to He took less I get money to two as long as he could fight him. I like I to think it's improv. I'm trying to body Michael Myers. That wasn't in the script. It just happened. But I do have to say I agree with Tom. 
that Dream Child is the worst of the Nightmare. If we're taking the <laughs> remake off the table, yeah, okay, I think yeah. it is the worst one. You don't yeah. think Freddy's Dead is the worst? Ooh, so no. I know we talked about this earlier. You so, vehemently defend that. Yeah, you that put film. me on the spot. Uh, Freddy's Dead is in my top three of the Nightmare on Elm Street oh, movies. My God. goodness, it God. is Dream just, Warriors, the original. Freddy's dead. Matt, Freddy's I thought dead. I knew you, man. So no. here's my argument, Apparently right? Not. There's yeah. one thing. I love horror movies, but more yeah. than horror movies, I love John Waters. Sure. And yeah, okay. if you watch Freddy's Dead and you keep in mind that you're watching a movie that is directed by John Waters' personal assistant and watch it as if it was John Waters Presents Nightmare on Elm Street, it is such a strange, <laughs> campy delight to enjoy. I mean... All right. I'm going to yeah, have to go. I'm going to have to rewatch it of, now. There's a little bit of Hartford Road in, uh, yeah, in Part 6. It's just... It's wild, and it's. I think it's one of those ones where, like, I'm not gonna say it's a masterpiece, right? But if I'm just gonna <laughs> throw on, one would hope not. Yeah, but if I'm gonna throw on a Freddy movie to just kind of have on in the background, it's just so colorful and light and popcorny that it's like perfect. Like is it, it's is that the one perfect. where he, he beach kills somebody? Where no, no that's, that's four. That's four. Freddy's Dead is the one with Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freddy's Dead has Tom and Rosie. A lot of the I, Nightmare on Elm Street was, movies start to sort of flow together. I was for expecting me. Tom Arnold to come out in five because I, I, this is the first this is the first time watch for me, and yeah. I knew that he was in one, and for some reason I thought he was in five. Part five. No, he's not. in Freddy's yeah, Dead. Wait, wait, wait. Which I understand. You're the one that watched Freddy's Ginger Dead. Snaps three and thought it was two, right? No, that's no, Scott. Scott. That's Scott. I, Scott. I only the only so the how only wait. mistake I've ever made on this podcast <laughs> is watching the wrong metamorphosis. Wrong metamorphosis. So, Kyle, one of the things that people might not know about you is while you have one of the most incredibly brilliant minds I know for like oh. discussing horror movies. Thank you. You do not watch franchise no. films. So like No, I have uh, those are some blind spots. I, I have, need you sure. to tell me which Nightmare on Elm Street movies you have actually watched. Okay, so I, I had seen one and two and three. So okay. which okay, are okay. like the, the Holy Trinity truly yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. And yes, stuck in my head uh, like You're at welcome. least once a week. You're welcome. Um, and then uh, right before this show was the first time I saw four. Okay. Uh, to prep for five, <laughs> to then never watch Freddy's Dead and just <laughs> call it quits. My then, uh, and then I'd seen New Nightmare. So, I, th so this so this is probably the most complete franchise this is the most in complete one. Yeah. If you were to ask me, like Friday the Thirteenth, I've seen four of them, and one of them was at your mercy. So, like, yeah. I don't know. Is it because you, you don't like franchise? I don't movie? know what franchise. No, I think it was just one of those things where I, I was born in '91, and for some reason, I w and I was very scared for a long time. Like, I wasn't like a introduction to horror at like five or six okay. I, yeah, I had sure. nightmares about Chucky and didn't return like watch no, her I think what I what I call the first one I watched in theaters was the grudge remake and I remember oh, yeah. like there's just being popcorn butter all over my fingers and me trying to close my eyes cover my ears oh, no. and then burning the butter right in, the in butter gets eyes. in your eyes yeah 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 I, I was I and now if he even smells popcorn butter he literally just shuts down and yeah no about I had to run in here just by the concession stand just, <laughs> just no please don't well yeah um, and the thing about popcorn butter is it goes straight to the brain yeah, so, so I yeah, any orifice I, it will literally rewire your neurology. That shit yeah, will fuck you up, bro. And that's how I ended up here on horror movie night. Um, was that way? <laughs> but, Popcorn butter. Uh, gotcha. No, Popcorn I just butter. it just I don't know. I I ended up getting into that you know mid two thousands or whatever, and then I was seeking out new movies. Like I was I was reading Fangoria and looking at like what was coming out or like what Magnet was releasing on DVD yeah. or like IFC and all that shit, mm -hmm. and so. I just sort of skipped over stuff, and I've just been, and I've just piecemealed where I came back to for this. What so. a dark time to get into horror! No, it <laughs> was the mid two thousands. Yeah, like, and you're talking like Tooth Fairy era. Like. Yeah, no, we watched two thousand one Maniacs recently for the podcast. Oh, don't listen. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Don't no, listen. No, don't. To that it's a wonderful it's film. Terrible. <laughs> um, it's but wonderful. I remember. 
<laughs> Thank you, Eli. Um, but, it, you know, I remember seeing an article about it in Fango and being like, oh, yeah, that's what I got to watch because Fangoria is writing about yeah. it, right? I like, think that's that important. was your famous quote. You're like, Fango wouldn't write about a bad movie. Right, yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, like in, in Fango we trust. I was all for it at 14, 15 years old. Um, and so, but I, anyway, no, all that Fango to say, that. my head was filled with a lot of trash. It still is. But yeah. I'm trying to put together the, the franchise pieces. Well, and as, that's fair. As Stephen King said, you know, there's trash and then there's bad trash. That's Absolutely right. True. So hopefully our heads are just filled with trash. Yeah. All right. So here's my question. Trash. That's a great lead into the question that I've been debating. So Dream Child is definitively trash, but is it good <laughs> trash or is it bad trash? Well, okay. Actually, here's something interesting. I just piggybacking off that Stephen King thing. When they were looking for the director of this film, Stephen King was one of the first people they asked to direct this movie, and Frank Miller. And Frank Miller. And what? think about this. What? They didn't just ask Stephen King to do this. This movie came out in 1989, so which that's means after Maximum after Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> These people saw I Maximum want, Overdrive. I want to believe that Stephen King responded with, "Have you seen Maximum Overdrive, yeah. though?" <laughs> yeah. When P when Stephen King is asked why don't you direct more movies, he says, "Go watch Maximum Overdrive." Yeah. Right. So right. when they they saw that movie, like this is clearly also, the man. We need to do the Dream Child. To be fair, I would argue that Cocaine directed Maximum Overdrive. Sure. But yes. see, that was my sure. next thing. So they handed him money, and the script was still so bad he didn't say yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, well, I think he was trying to stay sober. Yeah. Okay. At the time, I think he had just gotten clean and was trying to stay gotcha. that way. Oh, gotcha. yeah. He was like, the only way I do this is coked out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. That would have um, sent him into a spiral. You can't just. I, th yeah. I would argue yeah. that, what the, to your question, whether or not it's good or bad trash, number yeah. five, Yeah. I would argue that in context, it's good trash. By itself, it's bad trash. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, Kyle, how about you talk about the point that you made? Because you did right. make a really good point when we were hanging out at the table today. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know if it's the same thought, but the way that I look at it is that if you were to, because I, I think that my answer is different, but the way that we get there is the same. Because if you make this movie for a million dollars or less and take Freddy Krueger out of it, and Vinegar Syndrome put it out next month, I would be like, this movie is batshit insane, and I'd be like <laughs> recommending it to everybody, because it is. Like, premise-wise, it's bonkers. But yeah. then, <laughs> yes, it is. I, and at times, I was trying to like really watch it without Freddy Krueger lenses, right? I was just like yeah. trying to just be like, Freddy's just a, a guy, like just a, a maniac that I don't know anything about. No previous knowledge. And I'm like, I could get down with this like infant... Freddy Krueger attacking, and then all the crazy transitions and staircases and crazy effects that was happening. Yeah, and it was. There was the, there were pieces of it that, if it wasn't a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, I'd be like, you got to check out this motorcycle scene. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well and I, I will agree. say that this one has some of the best practical the in best the entire effects. franchise. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is one of those films where I think similarly to uh, Friday Thirteenth New Blood, I think is the other one that Ooh. the MPA just absolutely massacred yeah. in in yeah. cut requests because I mean I guess now you can like piece it together and figure it out, but even the scene with Greta, you're supposed to she's eating herself. Mm -hmm. He's like ripping parts of her own guts out yeah. and, and feeding, feeding it to yeah. her. But like in the crazy edit, it's just like he he slaps her into a high chair, feeds her like the tiniest piece of meat, and all of a sudden she looks like a garbage pail kid. Yeah, yeah. Out she of a mutation doll. is like the, insane. The doll effect. Now the, out of yeah, all the those doll. other effects, the fact that they even have this just plain ass porcelain doll <laughs> <laughs> presented to her, I'm like, you couldn't have done something a, a little right. bit better. There's like five hundred dollars. They movie. just bought it. They were like, ah, oh, you know Still what? We can't do that guts thing. Yeah, just the goodwill is like right down the street. Just find it. 
that's how they made Annabelle. Call yeah, it a day. Right. <laughs> Call it a day. The dream, the dreams in this in general, like the very beginning of this movie. We first of all, we get the most bizarre stylized yeah. sex scene I've ever seen to start off the yeah. credits. Yeah, it was like Top Gun. It was like was like Top Gun, yeah. but like nightmare version of Top yeah. Gun. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Yeah. but then our main our main character, she's she's taking a shower mm-hmm. and my immediate suspension of disbelief, dream or not, if I'm in a shower and I see a bug, I get out of the shower yep. and shut it off. She's got like mud exploding like out water, of it. Yeah, yeah it's like up. poop water coming out, and she's like, "Oh, let me examine this closer. Right? Let Full me put my hand out there. And see listen, what's going if it's on. brown and wet, you're not trying to figure out anything else about <laughs> no. it. No. And if you off. are, something's very wrong with you. See, no. I gained a little bit of respect for her at that moment because I'm like, "This is a woman who gets things done. <laughs> yeah. She sees a problem in her shower. She's like, "I'm gonna fix this motherfucker right now. I'm in the cleanest place I can possibly be in my house." The shower, I, and yet it's still filthy, which says a lot about her house. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> well, she, yeah, true, 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 that. Yeah, and then she's like, for 15 minutes, it's basically like dream inception. Yeah, like yeah, like you yeah. keep thinking the dream is over, the dream's not over, and then we get this this Freddy Krueger birth scene where he he looks like the puppet on. Don Rickles' hand in that Tales yep. in the Crypt yes. episode. He does. Like, he yeah. looks like yeah, he Morty for the ventriloquist. He, also, he yeah. also looks like Proto the Voldemort. Yes. Thing, yes. Right? Yes. Like, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I watched oh, it a couple nights ago, and that's all I could think that like someone in the Harry Potter franchise has seen this movie and was like, wait, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> And can we talk about the scene before we get baby Freddy where we see this insane asylum where, like, I haven't spent a lot of time in insane asylums, but I can't imagine they just put them all in one room and then just let them do as they please. (laughs) You know, lock the door at the end of the night, you know, do whatever you want in there. Unfortunately, I don't want to turn you on to a documentary called Titicup Follies from the 60s, which was like that. that, That's Uh, what they did? It's, it's like, horrifying. I mean, there is the logic logic that if we put them all in the same room, they'll take each other out. Right. It's it's a horrific. Horrific social experiment yep. that did not work. <laughs> and I like it. This, and this created place Freddy Krueger, apparently. Yes. <laughs> and they have exactly 100 maniacs in this, yes. in this yep. facility. Yeah, yep. so like, well, well, count them, buddy. You can count them every night. It's 100 every night. Yeah. Yeah. Any more or less, you'd have a completely well rounded baby come out of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. 100 to make Krueger. Just over. Yeah. That, that's, that's that particular sane asylum is very much like the Haunted Mansion, where they're like, yeah. we've got 99 haunts, but there's always room for <laughs> one more maniac <laughs> right? in here. Exactly. That's very that. Uh, I, I know I mentioned this to you guys today on the floor, but I, I don't want to overcomplicate a slasher movie that yeah. is not built to be really <laughs> thought about. But, you know, a lot That's of these movies, be it Friday the 13th or whatever, you kind of like have one survivor girl or guy, and then you kill them in the next one mm-hmm. and then move on to the next group of friends. But this one, we're like keeping the survivor girl for multiple steps, which creates this weird situation where. Just a year prior, she already watched all of her best friends get murdered. Yep. And now she's got some really close relationships with a whole new brand new crew of best and friends who she, know nothing about her dead friends of the past. And or she's this ready friend. to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that really just tells me that she's irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, brought yeah, in yeah. the B squad. She you is know? selfish. Well, it's one of those she things should like be full... Devin Sawa in Final Destination 2. She like, should be Devin Sawa in SLC Punk. Yes. That's, well... 
<laughs> and that's a, that would be frank. That was a deep cut. Yeah, it was a deep cut for you guys. But that's like a fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame <laughs> yeah, on but me I, I feel like I'm still gonna live don't through get new it. friends. Uh, right. Don't do this to yourself. Yeah, I feel like these Bad are the choice. people she hung out with like in middle school, and then she like drifted away. Then she got her true core friends. Yeah, they all got killed by Freddie. So right. she's like, hey guys, you know, yeah. I was, we haven't seen each other in a while. <laughs> Everyone was dead. She was just mean girlsing him the entire time. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> my dad used to be a drunk, and uh, sorry about that. Well, too. see, and here's my question: Is who's she gonna befriend after all this? Right? Who's gonna be the third group of friends who's so desperate just her, her and like, the kid this is her and the kid this is literally a prequel to Terminator it's, oh, okay. her <laughs> it's, just, the kid from it's the just her and John Connor bro <laughs> you, see you that can that take him to Mexico teach him how to fight yeah I mean <laughs> you you do bring up though like the nightmare scenes in this it it sucks it sucks that the MPA fucked this up so much because yeah. there are like these these really stylized moments um, I almost would say like there's almost a Tim Burton like vibe yeah. to so many scenes Big in this. Time. The diving board stop motion, like yeah. even the stop motion scene where she opens the, oh, fridge, the fridge and all the food is like rotting yes. out. Yeah, and well, that's what I was saying. It's some of the best practical in the entire franchise. Yeah, and what what I was saying to you earlier on the floor was that the movie, the the uh, saga, or it's not the saga, the uh, episode before this. Um, Nightmare 4, yeah. was directed by Rennie Harlan, who's the guy that directed Die Hard. So that movie is legitimately just an action film from beginning to end, right? So, like, I feel like the powers behind this movie were like, how do we top that? Like, yeah. we have to have these amazing practical dream scenes, right? But yeah. you're right, the MPA fucking... It also it. has, like, yeah. the, I think it's the lowest body count in any Freddy yep. movie. There's three people? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. There's only three bodies in the movie. Um, from what I read, too, this movie was being rewritten, like, a thousand times. Yeah. It, it had already a finished script when they got the people together to make the movie, and they kept almost nothing. Like all the lines yeah. were changed except for "It's a boy." Apparently, yeah, that's <laughs> the only line that stayed. Yeah. They, they had nuts. four weeks to film it and four weeks to edit it, so yeah. they could get it out by their release. Yeah, and that doesn't, that made, doesn't show at all. It made the least. <laughs> I think it made the least amount of money of any of that franchise. Yeah, and, when, yeah. and which is why they were like, "Oh, the next one, we're he's dead. Just well, please come back to the dead." Well, you know, it kind of that kind of sucks because. Uh, as a film, five is it, it successfully carries on the continuity from three yeah, to four, yeah. right? Which yeah. is, you know, more than anyone could have asked for from that film, but it totally. somehow does it. So it kind of sucks that it's like the least yeah. watched one because it does kind of complete that arc. Yeah, it, it does. I, but I also think this might have one of my least favorite kills. It's it's either this or the um, the invisible Freddy Karate one oh, in part God. four. Oh, but God. I. I can't stand the comic book kill. <laughs> like yeah. I, yeah. oh yeah, and I feel like with the exception of part three, where he uses someone's love of puppetry against them, like any time Freddy uses someone's geeky vice against them, it's always bad. bad. Like the video well, game yeah. is bad. Yeah, do you think that that springs from you being a comic book nerd at all? No, you're just I mean, like, you're gonna, if you're gonna kill us, you're gonna do us justice. It was more like a take on me kill than it was a comic book yeah. kill. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ah! Which you somehow love more though. So are you still? <laughs> yeah, that is true. I do love a ha. <laughs> Well, the I mean, director was interviewed, uh, and the director said that he he knew that that was a stupid kill, but he was such a comic book nerd that he was like, "I gotta put this in there." Mm-hmm. And it does kind of, even even if it is lame, with obviously a bloodless kill and pretty pretty comical. Uh, Mark as a character though is the only one who's able to use some dream warrior power. He is. He sure. turns himself right. into his comic book character, yeah. which is pretty dope. But yeah. 
But I also really thought that that was like Freddy turning him too, because Freddy always has so much control. So mm-hmm. he's like, "Your comic book character is stupid." I'm gonna <laughs> I mean, it. I'm gonna I mean, make you listen. His comic book you. character was super lame. Yeah, it was so <laughs> like, lame. I was kind of happy that he died in yeah. that form. It was so. like it was like he read what steampunk was supposed to be and never saw a picture or an image <laughs> of it. So he's like, "Oh, I got this. It's fine." Only studio but he knew Ghibli what the Zodiac existed killer then. Looked, <laughs> but, but he knew what the Zodiac killer looked like. Yeah, so he right, just did that. Yeah, so he was like, "Okay, I can find him." No one knows what Zodiac killer looked like. He looked like the guy under the mask. You just don't know what that guy looked like. That's fair. Right. right <laughs> yeah. Very See, that makes sense. Oh, is it think not, about it. Wait, so it's not Ted Cruz? Uh, oh, no, well, it might no. be. <laughs> it might be Ted Cruz. I, I, have, played by Ted I Cruz. was grossly misinformed. Yeah. Speaking of Ted Cruz, can we talk about the, uh, the clear pro-life message of this film? Oh, my oh, God. Nightmare on Elm Street 5, Dream Child. Well, hang on, though, because... There's a whole soliloquy <laughs> that Alice has where she's like, it's my choice to have this baby. That's true. Which, that's a technically choice. Technically pro-choice. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. She's, she's throwing that out there. very pro th- her choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't okay. that the point of the her, and pro-life her, pro-choice And her choices, though? even though I'm pretty sure this baby will be a serial killer, and, yeah, that's the right, world's so. problem but My now. point is, is that isn't the whole real core of the pro-choice, pro-choice pro-life debate the choice part, not the that life is, or death that part. is true. That is fair. It's okay. not about whether babies live or die. It's about who gets to make the decision. It's and who gets to infiltrate their dreams. Right. 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 So all I'm saying is Ted Cruz infiltrates dreams. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. As the Zodiac just, killer. I'm if already you take anything seeing away all those one-star reviews <laughs> rolling into our <laughs> <laughs> podcast. I'm not saying I came on here intentionally to tank <laughs> your podcast tonight. Uh, so one of the other things in this movie is like I really, really like the sequence where all of Freddy's victims' faces are like oh. basically ripping oh, yeah. him apart. Yeah. yeah. The whole stupid fucking way we got to that, though. Oh, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with the kid. Yeah. With yeah. the kid turning into also a Freddy and just like, it's just. What? Can I ask, who, who is that actor that plays that kid and what else oh, is he in? He's from Jurassic Park. Oh, he's the kid. Yes, he's from okay. Jurassic Park. I okay. thought it was the child on the cover of Angela's Ashes, if you've ever seen that. Oh, yes. For a brief second, I thought it was Gage from uh, Pet Sematary. Oh, oh, no, no yeah, I think he's in New Nightmare. He's in New Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. he's the one but from Jurassic Park. I actually thought it was him briefly, too, and then the kid's eyes were twice his size. It looks like a six foot turkey. Well, and then there was a moment where there was a point where I thought it might be Isaac from. Uh, from oh, uh, children, children of the Corn. <laughs> he's somehow gotten but, younger. But Isaac is yeah. like 45. Your Rolodex of horror kids. Is just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's got to be one of these five. <laughs> is, that, is that any monster? <laughs> They've only got a couple kids that they'll put in these movies. That's and they true. Just keep well, and them. God bless those kids' parents. Oh, oh right? yeah. Like, they were rolling in it. They're yeah. fine. They're uh, good. <laughs> no, I love my child. They're definitely not a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could be in a Freddy Krueger movie. It's fine. It's fine. Well, it's like, who, like whoever Linda Blair's parents were. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. The Blair's. The, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I believe, I believe they were the Blair. Blair. It tells me that they've changed <laughs> their name. <laughs> um, so I wrote down some lyrics that I need to present to you guys. Oh, I'm All excited. Right. Did Pre- anybody present. listen to the closing credit song at the end yes. of this movie? It was the rap song, right? The it was the rap song yeah, yeah. by Cool Modi. What? Which it's Cool Modi? It was Cool Modi, and it is a five-minute diss track to LL Cool J that they used. It had nothing to do with the movie at all. <laughs> nothing about to do with the movie, and I, I had to what? write down this insane verse. Where he just lists what he thinks LL could stand for. Any, any guesses? So he says, now LL stands for lower level, lackluster, last least, limp lover, lousy lame, late lethargic, lazy lemon, little logic, lucky leech, liver lipped, 
laborious louse with a loser's lip, live in limbo, lyrical laughs from a low life with loud raps. Good. Oh, Good oh, Lord. Shit. <laughs> wow. Wow. That makes me want to watch I'm, I'm a little upset that he didn't say anything about LL licking his lips all the time. <laughs> so I, this sent me down a whole rabbit hole of, like, I guess the mo, cool mo deep uh, and, and LL Cool J beef was, like, this four-year-long thing because... <laughs> LL Cool J bragged about being the best rapper on the planet in on one of the tracks in Bigger and Deffer, and Cool was just like, fuck that shit, and like, <laughs> just started writing songs about how he's like, you're just a pop star, like, you have no hip-hop right. ethos whatsoever, which is basically every rap battle in the sure. 80s, essentially. Yeah. Right. Well, wouldn't it have been great if LL had just returned and done the ending credits for Halloween H2O as a diss <laughs> track right on back, you yeah. know? And they continued the diss tracks, but only in final oh, credit sequences <laughs> for a You took the yeah. thought right out of my brain, See? man. It's a good like, fucking idea. Like, it is. Know? It That's is. how we got to start beefs now. That's right. The secret beefs. We'll make the whole entire movie. Beefs. <laughs> they pay us to put the diss track in the movie. Yeah, we'll oh, spend yeah. months and months making the movie. Do you guys want to do this? Yeah, it sounds do great. Just like, oh, did guys, we just, okay, this yeah. stays in this room. Yeah, but no we one telling nobody. Fucking, I see get all of you. Fight, yeah, listen, honor Fox system, guys. Going to pay for it. Honor system. Yes. Nobody talks about. Yeah, by by staying silent, you've all agreed to contribute financially to our movie. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. All right. So unless we have any other thoughts, let's dive in to the next segment always have thoughts. of the show. Let's dive in, though. Yeah. What's your double feature? We'll start with you guys on the other end. If you're, oh, watching, gotta, if you're watching this one, what are you going to put on afterwards? Uh, Larry Cohen's It's Alive. Okay. Good um, call. Because these are two movies that feature... 
killer babies. Yes. And that's what we're all there for, right? Truly. We get Freddy Krueger in our grotesque, uh, you know, melted old man baby form. Uh, we get it, It's Alive, which is maybe the most pro-choice movie. You know, just to counteract yeah. it. If we're going to say that one's pro-life, the other's pro-choice, simply because those cops choose to pull those guns and point them at the baby <laughs> and try to kill him, which is some form of abortion. Yes. <laughs> I don't know which I kind. I think it's just infanticide, bro. That, maybe, yeah, that's the if type. Alive, that's what I, that's the word I was going for, but you <laughs> help me out. Tomato, tomato. I yeah, 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 yeah. Some you know. people's eyes. Yeah. So anyway, I think those two go well together. You know, right. have just like a... A bouncing baby-filled night of horror movies. Those, those two go That's well together. F- it's fair. And also, It's Alive is just fun because it came out in that magic period before PG-13, yeah. where this is a baby that rips itself out of a woman and then murders people for the entire movie. Like out the and jump. it's rated yeah. PG. Yeah. So it's fun for the whole family. Yeah. So you can get bring the kids in. Yeah. They'll get a kick dude, out of it. The late 70s and early 80s were weird times. Ma- magical times. Where hard R films were somehow rated PG. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> go watch All the President's Men. They use the F word. They say fuck like 15 times the first three minutes of that film and it's a PG. Is that right? <laughs> it's true, dude. I swear to Christ. Wow. All right, JB, what's your double So I'm going to piggyback on that killer baby yeah. idea, but I'm going to go a way different direction. I'm going with Dead Alive. Ooh. Ooh. Going with Dead yeah. Alive solely yeah. based on the scene with the baby, baby rips its way through the nurse's face. Yeah. Yeah. Which, here's, here's why I love Dead <laughs> Alive. I'm a big Eli Roth fan. Uh, I've seen an interview with Eli Roth where he was like, literally nothing that I've ever seen has ever satiated my bloodlust except Dead Alive. Yeah. Like Dead Alive is the only movie that's been gory enough. Now, I would argue that I have others that I like for gore more than Dead Alive, but I think if we're going with the killer baby theme, yeah, yeah that's, that's where we're call. going. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, that's Kyle. Uh, sticking to the theme here, baby I'm going to go with The Suckling. Oh, Uh, (laughs) which is a little more grotesque uh, of a baby, uh, but it's uh, an an aborted fetus uh, that uh, comes and starts uh, killing people around the uh, the neighborhood. This is a fun conversation we're having. This is a blast. I hope everybody... Y'all having fun? Raise your (laughs) hand if you're having a baby in about a month. (laughs) Yeah. No, this this guy's having a baby. See, he's going to be a dad. That's what makes this okay. This is is why this is okay. Thank you. Um, Thank you, JB. It's cool. My friends Appreciate that. It's fun. Well, I'm going to break the motif that we had. Uh, oh, baby oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Mine is going all visually aesthetic. Um, when we're in Greta's nightmare, they pan across this dinner table and I just wait it for any person at the table to start singing the Banana Boat song right. and I'm going with Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. My, my uh, yeah. So much of this movie's visuals feel like they're from Beetlejuice yeah. anyway. Oh. Yep. Oh, I mean, like, why not just complete the, the whole thing? Hell yeah. Uh, so the final segment of the show is normally what did we watch this week, but we figure we'll pander to the fact that we're here live at Creature Feature Weekend. Hey, yeah, we everybody, yay. Uh, so just real quick down the line, either something cool that you've seen today or something you're excited about later on this weekend. Oh, I got one. Uh, okay, I got a good one. Uh, we met up today with a good buddy of ours of the show, Eric Rudd, who has his whole station set up where he is selling all kinds of macabre Super things. Super cool makeup And he artist. built me a, a custom mask for a film I'm making called The Only Ones, and he brought it today, and it is just terrifying. So uh, w- his station, just go check out his whole station yeah. of, of blood and gore. I'll find the whole name, and I'll send you a link. Uh, that's one of the coolest things I've seen so far, uh, but it's, there's a lot of weekend left. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. All right, so the, the coolest thing that's happened to me personally thus far since I've been here is two-parter, and I'll be brief about it. Oh, yeah. The first part is, so we just hosted the, uh, the franchise showdown, showdown panel 
Uh, we had no idea Savini was going to be part of it, and then he was the first fucking person that showed up. <laughs> so you and, had to have like a one-on-one And literally, with like, it was bit. all of us just sitting in a silent theater, and Tom Savini just walks down to the front row and, like, turns and waves at all of us and just sits down in the front row. <laughs> so Kyle Labine, uh, Tyler Labine's brother, Kyle Labine from Freddy vs. Jason and Halloween Resurrection, he was on the panel as well. Yeah. Tom starts talking, and Kyle goes... I'm going to let you finish, Tom, but hang on one second. And straight up fucking Kanye West and Tom Savini in the middle of this panel. So that's part one of this. So part two is I was between that segment and this, I went to go get my cigarettes for my table. And as I'm in that hallway, Kyle and Tyler are walking by me. And I fist bump Kyle. I was like, dude, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And his brother goes, what? So I relay the story to his brother. And his brother goes, you fucking Kanye and Tom Savini? (laughs) (laughs) Just the, the... the absolute reverence that people have for Savini is wonderful. Should to me. should I bring this up during the Taylor Lebrini? <laughs> yes, you should. Q&A. Maybe because uh, I'm like 90 percent sure that Tom Savini is like plotting his death. I feel like right Tom Savini's gonna come bursting out of the wall like Kool Aid in the middle of that Q and A and just snap Tyler's neck like Supervillain Freddy. Just there you go. Yeah. Oh yeah. See? <laughs> We How about you, Kyle? This is, well, just, this is your first creature feature. This is my first so. creature feature, which I'm very excited about. Aww, it's my, it's hey. my first uh, convention since, I mean, probably even like 2019. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I Not only was there a pandemic, but I also had a kid and like being Hell able yeah. to uh, just come down for a little bit. I wanted to bring him, but I'm six hours away. So <laughs> a, six hour, a six hour car ride with the boy was not going to work. But, uh, but I'm, I'm just happy to be back and like feel the energy of, uh, of a new show. That's like the. Like the most exciting thing for me is that I've never been here, so feeling what the energy is like, and it's been so awesome so far. I really love it. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Um, I'm going to also give a shout out, Kyle. Uh, so if you haven't been to our table yet, swing by the Horror Movie Night table. Uh, Kyle has an incredible Etsy shop called Horror Finds, where he just sells books and VHS tapes and posters, and he brought a bunch of his stuff here to sell. Oh fuck yeah! Um, but also, he he presented me a gift. From, that he found from an estate sale because if there's something I love more than horror movies, it's the Muppets. Um, and it is a Miss Piggy porcelain piggy bank that you have to put the coins through her cleavage. Yeah. Oh, um, it yeah. is the it's, craziest thing I've ever seen. It's, mu- it's like early Muppet Show era. And obviously <laughs> yeah. that was a little more like, you know, risque, risque yeah. than sure. anything there's else. There's something and really upsetting about objectifying a pig puppet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, something yeah. real. There's That's layers. There's layers to that. Yeah. Yeah. It crossed some weird line that feels like it shouldn't have been a line that existed in the first place. And if, if I was more yeah. anti-capitalist, right. I would try to figure out something to say about it. But I just... It's it's just too cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's too cute. It's great. Uh, well, we're we're winding down. There's one more part that I, I'm going to bring down the mood of the room real quick. But before I do that, uh, I just wanted to thank Jordan and JB uh, for being here. Once, one more time, where can people go and check out Camp Nightmare? You can go to CampNightmare.com. All of our episodes are on there. Um, we're also on like every streaming service possible. Uh, and if you guys are feeling extra generous, you can go to patreon.com slash camp nightmare. We have a number of tiers you can sign up for. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to proselytize and sell us that hard here, but just go check our show out. Campnightmare.com. Any, yep. Anything there, fried berry? <laughs> no, you got it. You nailed it, man. Uh, and Kyle, real quick before we, before I do my sad thing. Also, you're a director. You've got a short that's been bouncing around. Oh yeah. Is I, there uh, any dates that people should know about or? Um, Probably uh, you can uh, you can just uh, find me at kylecookta.com. I'm gonna send out like I have a newsletter and you can um, sign up for it. I'll send out all the dates that it's playing. It's it's gonna be playing in Connecticut, uh, Florida. Oh, uh, North Carolina is gonna play at the Charlotte Film Festival. 
but yeah, it's a, a short called The Woodsman. It's a Christmas horror short, uh, nice. sort of Tales from the Crypt E. Nice. Uh, but uh, cheaper and uh, not uh, <laughs> that. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then I have a, uh, at the table, I did a documentary called Survival of the Film Freaks, which is about how technology changes the definition of cult cinema. So uh, it's got Joe Bob Briggs and Ted Raimi, Adam Green, uh, some older school directors like Graydon Clark and William Sachs, and then some newer guys like Jackson Stewart uh, and Steven Scarlatta. So uh, if you're into docs, it's also on Tubi, which I love and will always sing the praises of. D- yep. But if you're a physical media person, I, I got Blu-ray, DVD, VHS, and the cassette Ooh. soundtrack. So, nice. uh, Dude, we have been pushing Tubi since episode one. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that fucking check, dude. Spread the, go- <laughs> spread the gospel, like, listen, y'all. Tubi, <laughs> I know you're free, but I know you that have money. That shit's in the mail any yeah. day now. It's the any best. Day now. Uh, the Suckling's on there, and I'm sure all the other <laughs> double <laughs> yeah, features. Pretty much everything we've talked about except for mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so guys, here's the sad, super sad part of this podcast. Uh, so, uh, one month ago, I was at the Scares That Care convention, and I got a phone call in the middle of the convention let me know that my best friend since high school had passed away unexpectedly. And tonight was her memorial service. And I was given an option to cancel this and go to that or come to this. And... Megan had been the biggest supporter of everything I'd ever done since I was a 13-year-old kid with a bunch of crazy ideas, and I felt like there was nothing she would have rather had me do than continue to chase the dream that I've been chasing my whole life and doing these podcasts and being here with all of you. But because I still really miss my friend, I just wanted to take a second to come up here and just say that Horror Movie Night has always, and and part of what I loved about Camp Nightmare as well, the second I met them, was we always care about mental health, and we care about people taking care of each other, and just know that every person on this stage, as much as we would love to talk to you about horror movies, we will talk to you about anything. If you need anything, we are here. Hug your friends, Tell your friends that you love them. Be kind to each other. These are just simple rules to be a good human being. Um, Thank you so much for giving us the time to just sit up here and entertain you for the next hour. And, you know, Mark Patton will be here in just a couple minutes to talk about uh, a much better Nightmare on Elm Street movie with Freddy's Revenge. So thank you so much, guys. We've been Horror Movie Night. Thank you guys so much for having us as well. Give it up for Horror Movie Night. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com 
the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 